Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ear Hammer Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Ear Hammer Podcast. I am your host, Billy Crooked. On today's episode, I'll be talking to Mike Stannis from Slugfest. That is two words, Slugfest. So if you want to go check them out real quick and listen to a tune and come on back and listen to Mike's background, and we're going to learn a little bit about him and his band, Slugfest. Uh, everybody, if you could, go check out Earhammer Records on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the YouTube channel. And there's even some Slugfest videos on the YouTube channel, so check it out. Subscribe, share, please help. Uh, if you'd like to support this show and the record label, Earhammer Records, you can become a patron of the Earhammer Podcast Patreon account. There are different tiers, so depending on what you can you know, donate, uh, you'll get some merch sent to you, whether it's stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, depending on uh, you know what, what you want to do. So, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you for anyone who is already a Patreon supporting us and uh, or anybody that's going to in the future. Thank you. So, with that being said, now we're going to bring in my guest for today, Mike Stannis. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? It's going all right. We had a little chit chat already, so I know you work today, and I talked about you know my work day. Sure, but yeah, welcome. So, um, let's start back at the beginning a little bit with you. So let's learn like you becoming a musician. When does that happen in your life? Sure. Um, yeah, there were always instruments at the house. My dad always played stuff, so it was always like keyboards and acoustic guitars hanging around. So I would poke. And prodded those, I guess, you know. What kind of music like, did he play? Around, uh, whatever he wanted to. Yeah. Like, he, yeah, it wasn't, uh, there was no rhyme or reason. I think he would just go and play whenever he had time. So it wasn't, uh, yeah, it wasn't like organized or anything. It was just kind of, they were just there and he used them whenever he felt like it. Uh, did he teach you stuff? No, we would try. <laughs> no, <laughs> the problem uh, remains today where if we try to play together, we just, uh, <laughs> we end up, he kind of plays what he wants to play and I kind of play what I want to play. And it always just ends up like, none of us like, are like, all right, let's go. I don't think either of us would know, uh, if we got asked to do it, but like, all right, let's like, you know, play this song or like a G to an E to a C or something. It's like, mm, none of that at all. So we'll jam every once in a while, but, yeah. uh, there's no rhyme or reason. We just end up playing it. His like playing style is like, he is, uh. He came over from Serbia in, like, 83, and he has, like, a lot of traditional, uh, like, scale progressions uh, going on with how he plays. So it's always – he always plays, like, a few s- scales, I guess, uh, but they're always not normal, like, major, like, they're like – I don't know how to explain it, but huh. – uh, so I can never keep up with that because I have no idea what he's doing. So none of those scales make it into your songwriting? No. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, like a lot of the kind of the weird, like heavier surf stuff, there are some kind of weird scales that remind me of that. So I guess it kind of leaked in a little bit. Uh, it wasn't intentional at all, but there are kind of like the, I 
uh, I wouldn't know how to explain it, but it's just like a one, two, one, two, one, two, like going up. But yeah, it's like non-traditional kind of, he, he always did that. And, uh, I, I guess once it started coming in, it found its way in organically, but it kind of, it was like a novelty when it came in. It was kind of like, Oh, it kind of, you know, that's cool. There's some roots there. Like, <laughs> I think I've heard some of this before, but it was unintentional. So you had instruments around the house. When did you like pick that up and decide that it was something that you really liked? Yeah. Tw- uh, 12, like 12th birthday, I think. Uh, it was right when I got into everything, essentially. I feel like there was like life before, I don't know, like 12, something happened. Something, it was like skateboarding happened, like music, especially like like actually diving into music <clears throat> and getting into like heavier stuff and older stuff and like punk stuff and um, all that. So I had two friends uh, and one already had a drum set and then the other one wanted to play guitar. So I got really gated to bass and I, I played bass for the t- first 10 years of me, almost 10, nine or 10 years of me playing music. I played bass uh, and drums. Um, so yeah, I got a, like a, you know, like a square bass and like a little like, you know, Fender Rumble or something, crate amp, you know, mm-hmm. and I rolled with that for a while. Uh, but yeah, 12 bass. Uh, and that's how it was for a long time. And I was in and out of bands since, I wouldn't say 12, but early school, you know, uh, the school would have like little rock shows or what, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they have that whole thing going on. So, uh, yeah, played bass with those bands and like little rock offs and stuff in middle school and then in high school still on bass uh we started getting into actual bands that actually played out uh, i think it was like 14 and we were playing peabody's like battle of the bands but you know that's pretty cool peabody's getting, battle of the bands getting that experience in a in a club on a stage that young is cool yeah looking back it was weird uh in a good way like yeah, there are pictures and stuff that, like, my mom has of, like, I had long hair, like, past my shoulders. It was in, like, a Dead Kennedy shirt, like, up on, you know, at Peabody's. And it was, like, you know, what you would expect. I think it was, like, 2000, uh, early 2000s, I guess. But it was Peabody's, you know. Uh, but it was fun. It was a good experience overall. Um, like, the band style of music wasn't my style, but it was kind of like, a, hey, we need a bass player. Like, ours just left. Do you want to, like, fill in because we have this show? Uh, like the Battle of the Bands thing. We just need someone to like fill in. So it's like, yeah, fine. And the music was rough. <laughs> uh, so you're not songwriting yet? No, not at all. No. Uh, I was writing like my parts and I guess there was like some backup vocals going on. But uh, no, I definitely wasn't like a primary in that at all. Uh, definitely like, yeah, definitely backseat overall. It was kind of like, I was like one foot in kind of thing. Like I knew it, it wasn't like the, you know, it wasn't what I wanted to be playing. It was just hanging out with your friends, mm-hmm. you know? And just playing. It's like, yeah, I'm here to play. And then we yeah, did that. And then we actually ended up winning Battle of the Bands because it was all that you sell the tickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? It was all rigged. It was all, uh, yeah, pay to play kind of in a way where it's like, and we, we were all in high school, I think. Like, uh, So they were just selling it to kids at, at high school, you know. And there were like other dudes that were older and they were like actually like trying to do stuff. And we were just like, I was in a uh, freshman in high school, so I was like a kid. Um. But yeah, we ended up winning that <laughs> that one. Then we went on to the finals, and there's like actually adult, real adult musicians who were like trying to get free studio time and stuff. Well, what was that? Do you remember like 
what the award for that was. I don't know. I don't remember. It no. was, uh, but there was like some studio time and some money involved. So they were like actually trying to, and they were like, I was 14 and like looking at the dudes, they were like big. They probably look like us now, <laughs> but to me, they were like just huge. Like they all had to own like, I don't know, bikes and stuff. And they were like, you know, like rough, tough dudes. But we got like essentially booed down. Like it was really, really uh, our style of music was like not good. Uh, but we got like heckled. So that was the first time getting heckled too <laughs> as a 14 year old. Uh, but it was good to learn. Develop some thick skin. Sure. Yeah. It's good to have. Yeah. Like I remember, I don't know. And it was like right then I'm like, oh, well, I'm done. Like both of the battle of bands are done and I don't like, you know, playing this music and stuff. So I like, we le- left, like I left immediately. I'm like, I'm fucking out of here. Uh, yeah. I had some family there and they like <laughs> didn't know I left and they're like, where did you, where are you going? I was like, well, I don't know. I just got booed. I just got heckled. Uh, oh, so I'm going to go home. But uh, no, it was a good learning experience. It was a good experience to like get used to playing that kind of show. And it was like, there was a, you know, a decent amount of people and it was like a real venue. So I don't know. It was a good getting comfortable quick and young to like go do stuff like that. Well, obviously you stuck with it. You didn't didn't quit after that experience. No, No. I don't think, I don't think I'm capable of, uh, well, what kind of, what were you into at that time then? Like, what would you have rather been playing? Oh gosh, I don't know. It was, I kind of like drifted because a bass player, you kind of drift where you like fit in, I think, or like wherever. Cause that was like a, I guess you would call it, uh, traditionally it was like emo essentially. And it was like, I have a lot of trouble with that. Uh, but then after that I got into like, um, really actually really good, uh, metal band in high school. Um, they're really, everyone's super, super talented. I think everyone still plays now. Like one kid went to Juilliard and he like is off like doing like session he's like in japan right now like you know sessioning like following like he'll like hop on a tour and like go like session drum for them and stuff hmm. and like everyone else is uh there's uh other people in other bands that are still like in cleveland i think like atomic witch um uh one of the dudes moved far away the other guys like i don't know everyone's like still playing i, I think uh what i'm trying to say is like everyone's like pretty quality musicians and it was for like a high school metal band it was actually pretty pretty solid some pretty like good Roots, like everyone, like kind of knew what they were doing, and like had like it wasn't like I don't know 2007 like breakdown hardcore stuff. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> there was some like speed metal and like black metal roots and stuff, and I don't know. Sweet. So that was super fun. That was fucking awesome. And I think that's where a lot of like the heavier stuff comes from. Um, and you're still on bass at this point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Still with the fucking Fender and the crate and uh, the Squire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would like borrow good. Like if we had a gig or whatever, I would like borrow good. Uh, bass from someone that I knew, but I would always just rock the fuck. It's <laughs> uh, that's so funny that you said your first amp was a crate too. I just sure. had this conversation with somebody the other day, uh, the, and their first amp was crate, mm-hmm. and so was mine. Yeah, and it was uh, I got it at a Lentines. Do you remember that story? <laughs> where where was it? Park, Park Road in Parma. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I do. Yep. Yep. Crate. <sighs> yeah, they I mean, worked. Little, it was for what? I mean, I'm not gonna carry around anything bigger at that age you know i like don't have a car so i have to be able to walk or get into someone's car with something so that's what you can afford when yeah. you're at that that age precisely yeah yeah so after the metal band then what then what are you doing um or how long did that last that lasted for like two years it was fun uh we played some shows in like akron i don't know it was a quality uh band i had a lot of fun with that one it was fun playing with like people who were really talented and um 
that was the first time like we were recording, so we were in a studio doing all that kind of stuff. So that was also I don't know like early uh, getting into this kind of like mm-hmm. uh, I don't know recording, writing, putting out full albums, like full you know albums that are cohesive and like a piece. So yeah, just a lot of like that was a good building block, you know. And that was like what'd you say two thousand ish? Um, two thousand six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. Okay, what were you guys called? <laughs> or do, you, do you want? Do you not want to say? <laughs> uh, it's fine. It wasn't bad. It, it was Age of Decadence, and no one really knew what it meant. It was just you know, yeah. Uh, but it was fun, and like I don't. It was genuinely good. I think he sent me Jesse sent me some tracks like a few years ago, and they were better than I thought they were going to be. I guess so. Right on. I don't know. It was uh, that was fun. That was enjoyable, and I think that was my first taste of like being in a band who was uh, talented and like trying to elevate i guess uh and like put out full records and like play shows and do that kind of stuff so that felt that was good and we were all like you know best buds you're mm-hmm. all you know like it's fun yeah you know like high school, teenage friendships and stuff like we're all just you know driving around and being stupid and then you go you know play show and stuff and it was good did you play a lot of shows a lot around town a few uh with them we didn't get out as much as we wanted we were playing like fucking uh like grad parties not grad parties like in a garage you know yeah like to kids with like tiny little amps and stuff so it was like some of them were okay some of them were um like pretty small but it was fun so that was a good one so it was like kind of a big leap right there so it lasted about two years, and yeah. then from there, where do you, what's uh, next? Yeah, there was like a drought, I guess. That was like, there was one after that. It was like a weird, like electronic, uh, like, I don't know how to explain it. It was kind of like a weird little side project. That was fun. There was, it was like a, a dude had like a keyboard and like a, some kind of like, there's no drums, but it was all like electronic drums, keyboard, kind of MIDI synth stuff. And there's an acoustic guitar player and then a bass player. But it actually, I don't, it was an experimental. It was like weird, I guess. Uh, but that ended up being fun. But that was pretty short lived. But that, I think, it was after the metal band. So I was used to playing more complicated things. So I was taking like that kind of stuff into this like fusiony kind of thing. I wouldn't call it fusion, but I don't know what else to call it. Uh, but I was bringing like that stuff into there, um, and that was good to stretch to think differently about music because there definitely wasn't like song certain like kind of song structures or like chord structures it was kind of you're just adding whatever you want to to it and just it always ended up turning out pretty okay so that was fun experimental and then after that it was a drought uh i was going to school and stuff and um i was kind of like bouncing around all over the place so i didn't really get to play all that much but that's when i the lull i guess was a catalyst to pick up guitar so i had i like borrowed stole my dad's guitar when i moved somewhere else uh he you know he knew about it but i don't think he was happy about it but and this is after you've graduated high school you're in college uh it's college age yeah yeah around that time um uh but yeah and you learn guitar now like you already knew how to play no i didn't know how to play okay like i knew how to play bass and i could you know mess around on a guitar um but it was always from a bass standpoint, you know? So a lot of single note, a lot of, like, uh, not a lot of chords. Um, so it was all kind of figuring out as you go. Uh, so I had that guitar, and I would just pick it up and play, just because, like, you can't hear bass when you're by yourself and you're not plugged in. So it's like, fuck, I'll play guitar. Mm. Um, yeah, so I would play that. Uh, and then sting, uh, strings would keep breaking, and I really didn't know or care. 
I knew how to change them. I didn't care enough to because I was 20 and I was like high and drunk <laughs> all the time. And it was just like, whatever. It's uh, cooler if there's fucking less strings on it anyway. So, <laughs> so like strings would break and I would just keep playing it with less and less strings. I think it eventually got down to like three strings before I broke down and got new ones. But, uh, but yeah, that was almost more helpful in learning because there was less strings and you didn't have to deal with anything after B. Like, you know, you have to shift up and like those two strings broke, so I didn't have to ever shift up. So it's four strings. So I'd be learning chords. Uh, is this an acoustic that you? No, it was like a, okay. another Squire, like a Fender Squire, uh, like a black and white Fender Squire thing. Nice. But yeah, uh, that was helpful in, I think, non traditional learning of the guitar because there weren't full, full chords to play. Like you weren't playing with the whole neck or anything or the whole, you know, yeah. latitude of the neck. So I would end up playing. Um, like a lot of single string going up and then adding like another note, single string going up. And um, I don't know, I think it kind of forced me to listen to the guitar differently instead of like just listening for chords, like matching little certain notes all over the place that like worked with each other and just doing single strings. And like, I don't know, I don't know. Like I would assume like, I don't know, like learning how to play it upside down or left-handed or something. Like you had to come at it from a different way. And I think that kind of like in a certain way, I guess with like earlier stuff, like shaped playing and coming at the guitar from like a, I never took any lessons or anything, but uh, Mm -hmm. coming at it from like a, just a different point of view and like never having learned like chords or the name of chords or (laughs) or like anything like that. You just kind of, it was more like a feeling it out and having it kind of be, um, uh, like a non-traditional, like coming into it, I guess. And so, how long are you on this like a band hiatus and just just fiddling around on a guitar? A long time, I guess. Uh, I was like writing my own songs after a certain point. After like a year of like fiddling around with it or whatever, like I was getting to the point where I was like writing songs. Uh, but nothing really was happening for like four or five years. It was weird. Like I always played guitar, but I don't know. Like the the band thing seemed like it was just maybe not gonna. I was in, I don't know, like four or five bands before I turned 20. So I felt like maybe, I don't know, that was, that might be, maybe the music was done, you know? Like I didn't want it to be, but like, I don't know. If you think about stuff too long, it's like, well, maybe it was just like a, a young thing and like it's not going to be a thing going forward. Like I had fun when I was, you know, mm-hmm. teens and early 20s, like playing, or I guess teens and playing. And maybe it's like not really a thing, you know? So, uh, okay, so Slugfest, though, mm. I think the way you describe it, right, is uh, psychedelic <laughs> surf punk. Is that right? Yeah, overall, yeah. Okay, so, I like, we're there. when you're fiddling around on your guitar mm-hmm. and you're learning, are you, like, what are you into at that time? Oh, man. Um, all over the place. There's a lot of, like, what was coming out then. A lot of really old stuff um, going on. Like, uh, I was into old stuff all the time, 60s, 70s, 80s. You name it. I don't know. All over the place. Like, no real sticking to genre. There was, like, I don't know, uh, like, Minor Threat or Germs or, you know, Crass or something. And then, yes, like, right next to it, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. That stuff didn't... It was always all over the place. Uh, but I would say then there was a lot of... I would say around that time it was just kind of, like, yelly house punk kind of stuff. So there's a lot of like DIT Fest where I was at and like Berea Fest. There's a lot of like um who's our two end fools was like playing uh and like Signals Midwest and like just a lot of these like Midwest 
um, uh, Midwest like folk. I wouldn't say folk punk, but like house punk, you know, like basement punk kind of stuff. So I'd say it was kind of that, just kind of yelly, playing the guitar, like kind of kind of a janky mm-hmm. guitar, uh, simple, you know, um, kind of sing along y stuff. Um, and some of that still kind of comes through. Um, it was kind of contemporary about what was coming out, like mid two thousand, late two thousands or something. So there was like I don't know, the babies and um, like Ty Segal and stuff. So all that kind of stuff. And there was like the hiatus for a while, and then there was a band like finally getting back into music, like reconnected with some people around who I used to play with, uh, and we started getting into a band. And that was kind of I feel like that was like a direct predecessor of what. Like, I had songs written, and then we went into that. It was, like, four people that I knew and I'm, like, good friends with, you know. And that was fun. We never got out of the basement. I think there was just too much. Uh, the songs were fun, and they were good, and they were, like, well, I would play those songs now, you know. They're pretty good. Um, I think it was just, like, a Too Many Cooks thing, and there was, like, some extracurricular stuff that ended up hindering the band. So no recording, no shows at that point? <sighs> There's probably recordings, but, yeah, just, like, there was always plans, you know to get out and uh, start doing shows. But, like, for some reason or another, like, there would be a reason to, like, not book or, like... It was, just, like, it was intimidating because it went from going show... doing shows when I was younger and then somehow, like, mid-early 20s, like, it seemed impossible to do. Uh, like, who do we call first? Like, we don't know any bands. We don't know anyone. Like, it felt, like, kind of outside of the scene for sure because, there, you know, we weren't playing for... or I wasn't playing for a while. Um, sure, yeah. so it was kind of tough. Uh, I think like there's a lot of overthinking and stuff. And like I said, too many cooks, like a lot of people had a lot of good ideas, but like a lot of opinions about everything. Um, gelling with people when it comes to the writing is it's, it's hard. Like, yeah, it's a perfect example of, you know, probably a bunch of good musicians that just didn't gel when it came to being creative. Right. Yeah. I think that's one of, uh, at least like when Slugfest, um, comes into play i think that's like the huge reason why we've been around for a while now and why we uh continue to write and we have uh i don't know and why we like have been the way we've been for a while is because like that was great we were all friends but uh the the other band before this um it was great and we were all friends but it was just too much too many ideas too many people too many this and that like it got really it was like all the bad stuff about being in a band kind of it was fun Mm -hmm. but it was just a, a lot of the Stuff that why bands like fail essentially a lot of ideas, a lot of conflicting personalities, you know, a lot of like extracurricular trouble. So it's like, you know, but then you move into Slugfest, and then so what? So when does that happen? Or is that like literally right <laughs> right after uh, that band like kind of ends? The one dude calls and he's like, "Hey, I'm just not gonna do it anymore." And I was like, just angry. But we had all these songs, or I had songs. We've never used any of those songs. Uh, like, none of those have come across. Um, but there were songs that I was writing that was, like, going into that. That was going to be... Uh, that w- would have been those songs. But, yeah. Um, and so some of those songs became Slugfest songs? Eventually, yeah. Like, songs that I had writ- written during the time of that other band had uh, came through. But, yeah, I was uh, working with D at the time. Um, and then I was... Like a job working? Sure, yeah, working, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, we had a job. <laughs> uh, yeah, we worked together. Um, and then Lucky, uh, I was hanging out with him. Uh, he was at 16-bit a lot. 
and I was at 16 Bill a lot because uh, we were both there, uh, lived and worked nearby. So mm-hmm. we are kind of like friends, um, like opposite corner friends. Like they didn't know each other or anything. Uh, but that band had just ended, and I still wanted to, like, pursue music again because it felt good to, like, be writing and doing stuff. And um, I wanted to play. I don't know. It got to the point where, like, you're watching people play and going to shows all the time, and you're like, fuck, I need to fly. <laughs> you know, I got to be up there. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't – like, I know I can write stuff. Like, I have songs. Like, it just feels like it's ready. So, you know, you got to assemble the pieces, <laughs> essentially. But, yeah, I told – so it's time to start getting it together, and I told D that I had a drummer – and we're like working on some stuff, and like you should come by and play. And then I told Lucky the same thing. I'm like, hey, I got a bassist, you know, we've been <laughs> working with. We should all get together and play. And like neither of them, you know, none of this. This is all very like, well, let's hope that it works because you know. But uh, but yeah, we all ended up getting together one day. I think D came by once, and like we ran through some songs because she she had said she'd played before, like. Um, I'm like, I'll come over and like jam some stuff and like maybe it'll work. And then like I think I like threw like like the most complicated song right off the bat. I'm like, if she can learn this, then it, like it's fine because it's the hardest thing that I can write. I think you know. Uh, and she like two passes and then she's just running away with it. I'm like, fuck yes, this is like nice. amazing. God, yes. Was uh, she in bands previous? Yeah, she played a lot. Um, uh, she had been playing for about since she was like 12 too. So she she had been. Uh, in and out of bands uh, in high school. So it's a, a similar story. I'm sure she'd love to tell y'all. Yeah, I'll have all her that on stuff. someday. Yeah, that'd be uh, good. But yeah, so she had been playing for a long time. Hers is like a family thing. Like a lot of her family members play in uh, local Cleveland bands and stuff. So she has some like pedigree, I guess. You know? <laughs> uh, so she ripped uh, like immediately. So I was like, oh, this is great. And then, yeah, and then we went over Lucky's one day and like just started playing and it just kind of worked. It was a little, it was. It was good. It wasn't like, I don't know. It was an immediate chemistry, but it wasn't like a, an immediate, immediate chemistry. It was just kind of like, mm. we're all buds, and like this is kind of, it's fun, so let's uh, get it going. And then as the ball started rolling, it was, uh, everyone was just really on the same page all the time about everything. And um, So was it was it psychedelic surf punk right from the rip? Uh, no. Yes and no. It depends. Uh Apparently, <laughs> apparently, uh, the term surf is like really loose nowadays, uh, and I'm okay with it because I guess like we would probably consider it that back then. But I guess you can consider it surf punk if you take into account other bands that call themselves surf punk. <laughs> I guess it's kind of there, but there wasn't any like like screaming, like super fast picking solos or anything happening yet. Uh, it was um, definitely like garagey, like like what like early '60s garage. Mm-hmm. meets like modern kind of like house punk I guess um, definitely like Ty Seagal meets the babies meets I don't know whatever but it was uh, it was always its own thing kind of um, it was always it always had like uh, there are songs now that are super similar like we're writing like new stuff that is not that far off from what we were writing there it's just kind of been mm-hmm. like um, it's like on the other end of the spectrum now but it's not but the core is the same, you know. It's just we've gone through like styles and have moved around a little bit. Um, so what what year was this? When did it actually the three of you come together? Oh, fuck, a long time. It seems like a long time ago, or I guess it doesn't. Uh, we're six and a half years. Okay. Now and it doesn't seem like it. It seems like we've only been doing it for a few years. But six and a half is kind of a long. Like we're coming up on seven now, which is coming up on a decade <laughs> if you're doing big leaps and jumps of rounding up. But 
It's I don't know. It seems like a long time. Um, but yeah, we actually recorded it, uh, some of our very first our very first songs, I guess, with Jeremy, um, and that was a good. And some of those songs, like some of the big surf songs, we didn't record them, but they were like in the barrel. We just like didn't happen to record them those days in the in the attic with, Je- mm-hmm. with Jeremy, but they were there. So, so your first recordings were with yeah. Jeremy? There was yeah. There was like what three songs I think we did. Um, Jeremy Demery, of yes, Golden Ox Studio. Yeah, the man himself. Yeah, it was like three or four, I think. Yeah, there was. I don't. We don't play. We we've been thinking about like resurrecting some of those because they're fun. But they were. Um, I think you could you could say like garage punk. With like a little bit of like surf, and it's always been like uh, the lyrics and the vibe was always the same. Like all, it's always there's always like some kind of like horror horror style stuff going on. It's always been like we always joke that it's like a horror movie like in music form. So there's always like some kind of like dark, weird, mysterious, horror-y, murdery stuff happening. Um, overall, I think two of the songs have to do with like cutting people up and like murdering and knives <laughs> and axe murders. You know, that's always just kind of been the vibe. Um, is that coming out of your brain, or do you guys co-write? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we're all on board with it. Uh, we're all like, I don't know, into like Halloween as an yeah. aesthetic and stuff, and like oh, horror movies all the time. And so, Jeremy, but, Jeremy, will you walk me to my car when we're done? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. the time has passed. No, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, he's let you live so far, so you should be all right. We've come this far, yeah. <laughs> You're safe. If it was going to happen, it would have happened. Yeah, yeah, it's no. true. <laughs> All right, yeah, so, okay, this is about six and a half years ago. You guys start gelling. You're jamming over Lucky's place. Yes. Um, are you indeed dating yet at this point? <laughs> uh, under the radar, yes. Okay. Uh, it was, yeah, it was very early. Like, the start of Slugfest and the start of us dating was right around the same time. We're talking like in a matter of weeks. It's risky. Of the if the dude, it worked out. You're so, lucky, <laughs> yeah. you know, because you guys are married now. You take yeah, yeah, we are happily uh, married for what a little over a year and a half now. Um, but yeah, it worked out. Uh, yeah, it was a big risk. We worked together. We were playing a band together, and it could have all gone south real quick. But it hasn't yeah. yet. Because if the band didn't work out, it could have could have affected the relationship or yeah. vice versa. Well. Uh, at that point, it was uh, relationships wise. It was just kind of like if you know, just buckle up, and if it crashes, it crashes. You know what I mean? Just fucking yeah. put the safety belt on and just go. You know, and just run with it. Because if it's gonna happen, you know, if it's gonna end, it's gonna end, and whatever. You know. So at that point, it was just kind of like, yeah, fuck it. Like I don't know, we're doing it anyway. So, but it's a cool thing to be able to experience and be creative and have something like that with your part- yeah. with your partner. It's cool. Yeah, can't. Uh, I can't imagine it being any other way. Uh, it's been, I don't know. Uh, I can't say enough like positive things about it. I feel like it could go wrong in a lot of different ways, but like we, this is, it just works. And there's never a lot of like, um, like hassle about it at all. Like it's always just a fun thing that we do together. Um, there's like some frustration and stuff like <laughs> recording vocals is never a good time for anyone. I don't know why like that's the biggest pressure point, but it's always a pain in the ass. Um, but like other than like teeny tiny little simple stuff like that, it's really, really good to have like, um, like a partner, um, uh, like in the background, like always kind of like I wake up through two in the morning and I'm like, hey, that one part that we were doing, like, <laughs> what do you think about this? And she'd be like, dude, 
yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But she puts up with it. But yeah, honestly, I, I can't imagine our relationship without music in it and like playing together in it. I think it's going to be a thing that is always going to be. Uh, but I can't overstate how lucky uh, I am and we are to, to share that, to have like a shared core thing that we do. Yeah, it's awesome. It's super cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I believe, so I, I, you have some recordings that you do with Jeremy. Yes. And are those were those demos or were those released? Uh, they were. There's like one YouTube video out there somewhere. I think it's for the butcher. Um, but we never officially released everything. I think they were kind of demos. Um, and we use them to like get shows. You know, like hey, we have like these songs. Like this is what we sound like, kind of thing. But we never released it. I think we wanted to. The intention was to wait and record more and like uh, do an album. Um, like basically wait to add more and not put out like a little three banger kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, so we kind of released it on YouTube, but we wanted, I think, wait to actually do a real release. And then, uh, Eva started being written and like that turned into a whole thing. Um, are you the, referring to the 2019 uh, yes. release with the long title? That was good- Eva and the Curse of the Roaming Hand. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I yeah. knew I wasn't going to remember. Yeah, Eva. Yes. <laughs> Eva. That's much easier. Yeah. It's a cool name. It's just hard to remember for me. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a long one. Uh, and uh, it is intentionally um, complex because the album is intentionally complex and there's a lot going on. Uh, but I think like all gears shifted to finishing Eva and getting that recorded because that was an entire piece. It was... Overly ambitious in a good way, I think. Um, it was a toughie to record and, like, get everything done with it. It took us, like, two years, and it was, like, a really mm. – it was a process. Um, but it was all meant to be one – it is meant to be one piece that's listened to from front to back. Because uh, we were, I was having a lot of conversations about, like, like perfect albums or, like, albums that you you can listen to, like, front to back, and every all the songs go into each other, and there's, like, a general theme through the whole thing. Like, we're t- – like – I think like uh, the Who's uh, "Quick One While He's Away," I think is um, the main thing. But they have like a, a second half of the album where it is like four or five songs. They're all very different, and they are all very I don't know, like storytelling. I guess mm-hmm. uh, there's probably a better way to say that, but it goes through like a big song, a slow song, a, pr- a story progression song where there's like two people, it's like dialogue almost, but it's like spoken. And then you go into like this big whatever. And by the end of it, there's a huge crescendo. And it's like the super cool thing. Um, and then other like, like Pink Floyd, like animals kind of stuff, like all, all these like late sixties, mm-hmm. mid seventies, like, you know, big, yeah. you know, complicated. Um, the album is one piece. Yeah. You know, like concept album, essentially. <clears throat> yeah. So like I was, I wrote that with that in mind where I want it to be all like you start, you go, there's ups, downs, there's like a storyline if you're listening, you know, and like a progression. And then towards the end of it, like you come out of it. It's all one piece. And it was really amb- <laughs> ambitious. Um, and uh, it was like, it was a, it was a big undertaking to, try to get it all done um, the right way. And I don't think it'll ever really be right or, like, complete in my head. But um, I think all gears shifted to that. But all the while, we were playing shows 
like a lot all the time and a lot of songs from Eva were making it on and a lot of them are like stand they can they don't have to live in the album they can be standalone songs mm-hmm. uh, and I think those are some of our like mainstays of our live shows even now are like those Eva songs uh, <clears throat> so there's kind of a gap between like those three initial three or four initial uh, like singles I guess you would call them mm-hmm. and then Eva which is like this big concerted effort uh and there was like little bangers like here and there like they were coming out, but it, I don't know. They weren't all they weren't in Eva. But are you guys uh, at this point? Have you do you play out of town much? We are. That was um, the goal. We had a really good uh, traction going uh, to the end of 2019, um, and then the pandemic happened, and, <laughs> and all plans kind of got. White, okay. but we were on a real like trajectory there. I think we had some traction in town. We were playing with a lot of bands coming out, of, like coming into town that were out of town that we were like setting up shows with. Yeah, all to over trade. the place. To yes, go like play. show swaps. Yeah, we were going to go down to like Alabama and um, East Coast, all up and down the East Coast because we just did like a New York thing and we met a bunch of cool people out there. So we were going to go back out there and do like uh, Eastern Seaboard kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, everything just, uh, you know, melted away. <laughs> so you think maybe that'll be something in your future then, now that things are opening back up? Yeah, and- that's the plan. I think that's our plan for the rest of this year, uh, is to be out of town more. Um, we're going to be in Michigan. We're going to be in Lansing on Saturday, uh, playing Stoop Fest, which we're stoked about. Screaming Females is, I think, one of the headliners. They're going to be there uh what Friday, and then we're playing Saturday at five five thirty. Awesome! Uh, so we're looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's definitely the goal is to branch out. I think we kind of had a two year delay just mm-hmm. because of the, you know, everyone else. So, but yeah, that's definitely the goal is to play essentially play more shows out of town than in town at least this year. Because um, we played, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, an average of like twelve to seventeen shows, Cleveland shows a year. So it was good to meet everyone, and, like, we made a ton of friends around here. And, like, you know, we have a really good relationship with the city and the venues, I th- uh, I'd like to think. Um, but, yeah, we'd love to start circulating, getting sure. around, you know. Yeah. So I don't know how we all, you know, have jobs and stuff. So, like, we'll see. It'll be have to be, like, weekend bangers and stuff. But, yeah, mm-hmm. the intention is to absolutely get out of town. Cool. Yeah. And then uh, so was the pandemic the time period where you wrote Animal? Um, it was written, uh, yes and no, uh, at least half of the bit was already written and we were performing a lot of those songs live, um, already, but the pandemic did give us time to come up with a few new ones and, um, record, focus on recording and getting a lot of that stuff done. So it was hell, uh, it wasn't, I don't know, 50, 50, 50, 50 like uh, when it was happening, I was like, oh man, like uh, I don't have to work for a little bit like this and that. I'm going to write so many songs like and record them. We might even have like a double album on our hand. This is going to be <laughs> sick, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then like I didn't touch my guitar for three months. Like, I don't know why. I think it's just pressure and stress. And it's just, you know? yeah, weird. I, I, same thing. I look right. back at that time. I'm like, why didn't I write out? Right. Or write more. Yeah. I had all that time. We had all that time on our hands. Yeah. Couldn't go anywhere. Couldn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, it's hard to explain. I, I feel like some people took advantage of it, but I think there was just so much, um, uh, there was like a, for me, I think it was like a hunker down mentality where it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going on. And it's hard for me to even think about, mm. you know, when this is over or what, you know what I mean? Like, um, 
yeah, it was kind of like a hunker down, like just like if you're relaxed and if you're chill enough and if you like do as little as possible, even in the home, like yeah. this will all blow. Like you can try, you know, it's like this will all be better if you can just like hunker down, you know? Right. But there's a lot of stress and there's a lot going on. So, yeah, yeah but weird times. It was. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's, um, and it's weird getting back up to pace now because I feel like we're actually kind of coming out of it. Uh, and it's weird to play catch up, like getting, because I, I think everyone's like, you know, the work is back in full swing and bands and like booking, touring, and we have to like figure out how that <laughs> works and stuff because we haven't, you know, been contacting people for two years. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like almost like a rubber band where like you got so used to it being over here and now it's like everything's fast going that way. Well, and that was in the pandemic, you know, was a big part of why I started Ear Hammer Records mm-hmm. to release my Skitter EP. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I hit you guys up was perfect timing because mm-hmm. I think you were just wrapping up the recording stuff for Animal. Yes. Yeah. So that worked out really cool. Yeah. It's a great record. Hey, thanks. Uh, yeah. Uh, we enjoyed it. Yeah. We recorded it. The recording process was really, it was like anti Eva, where it was just like, we have eight, let's go slam it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to ARC. And got a bulk of it, a bulk of it, uh, like live recorded. Essentially, yeah, we just like ran through it in one take. A lot of them were one or two takes. Slammed through it, and then I came back home and did a lot of like overtracking and like overdubbing and adding more guitar parts and vocals and all that. And then, yeah, we put it all together. Um, I uh, I had free time, so I did a lot of like the mixing and mastering and stuff. So uh, it sounds. I don't know. There, are, <laughs> but uh, it sounds how uh, m- how it sounds in my head, kind of, or how I wanted it to sound. Like it kind of, I was lucky enough to have time to like sit down and work on it. But yeah, I think it was uh, concise. I think it was a it was a reaction to Eva because Eva was very big and like all the pieces were in their place. And this one was we recorded stuff in the studio and we didn't really know where the song was going which is not like us because we usually just practice everything a whole bunch before we go into the studio so we can just slam it out real quick um yeah but there are some songs where we like just had a bass and drum track and no vocals no guitar at all except for like a scratch track and everything was done uh after so you can take time to like we you know it was like a studio song versus like a, a live song mm, gotcha us. yeah but it was kind of a reaction uh, where we didn't go in with everything planned um, and it could be loose and all the songs were individual songs. None of them go into each other. They're all like hot and loud and fast and like bangers. Essentially, there's some low point, like quiet points here and there and like slowdowns. But overall, they're big, fast, crazy, sloppy, like just kind of bangers, which is, was the intention. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, you pulled it off. Hey, yeah, we'd love to. Yeah, we'd love to keep it going. I mean, like everything kind of got slow. Uh, but yeah, we're working on a new one now. We have, I don't know, say like half the songs are pretty close to being there. So for on a, a new record, you mean? yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So hopefully before the end of this year, we can slam it out. That's maybe a little bit ambitious as well, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like continuing kind of the animal vibe, I think that's kind of like I think the concept was kind of like a, a one-time thing, and then now it's just we kind of know mm-hmm. what we want and what we want to sound like, and it's just these big, fast, strong, you know, a little bit light, a little bit doomy and heavy, like, you know, kind of genre all over the place, but yeah, just big kind of meatball songs, you know? I think that's a big part of the appeal to you guys mm-hmm. is that you you can 
you can kind of, you can catch all those different little genres like you were just talking about mm-hmm. how and you put it together really well you know that you can get a lot of fans from all over the you know the spectrum of genres because like oh yeah I hear, I, hear, I hear this or I hear that and, you know it's just cool yeah um, and then you guys did two videos mm-hmm. which are on the earhammer YouTube channel mm-hmm. do you guys have a, your own YouTube channel I believe we do yeah okay so listeners can go find those but you did you guys did Hanging from the ceiling mm-hmm. and Surf Demon. Yes, and didn't you make those? Yeah, yeah, that was like peak shutdown. It was like October of 2020, so like things were whatever. But um, yeah, my buddy had a studio, like a video photo studio at the time, and he let us use it for a weekend. And we made one video one day and one video the next day, and it's all like there's a lot of green screen happening. It's a lot of, but it was like down and dirty pandemic kind of just three people in a room being weird uh and there's it was fun it was fun it was chaos like loading all those amps uh into like upstairs and up elevators and like stacking <laughs> like there was it was just chaos it was like creative chaos everything was getting thrown against the wall and it was really fun it was um we hadn't really made a music video up until those two so it was it was fun to like be able to work on that. I wish we had more time. Mm-hmm. I think like during that time, uh, I, w- I had been busy with work like during the summer. I was freelance at the time. And I had been really busy um, during the summer, busy enough where I could, I uh, I basically like just didn't book anything in October. Like October is animal month and we're going to make all the shit, all the visuals, all the audio, all the mixing and mastering, like all the final touches, like everything's going to happen in this one month. So it was just like this, we were doing pictures and like art, album art, and videos and editing videos and like uh, just just throwing it all at the wall. But yeah, it was kind of fun to to do it all uh, and and be creative with each other. It sounds like a, like a fun month. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, you did a great job capturing the vibe of the band with the videos. You know, that's it's hard to do sometimes. Yeah, um, they're they're very cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, yeah. It's all uh, you know. Like all the songs, all the uh, it was. I guess uh, like because I generally generally do like a lot of the writing and stuff, and then I mix and mastered the album and made all the videos. So it's like it's all coming from. I I don't want to say one brain, but like uh, at least the three of our brains, you know, Mm -hmm. like one uh, one uh, three brains, one slash three brains. Like a, I don't know, like a, yeah. I don't know how to, like a morphing geometric yeah. shape of like, you know, it's all swarming around each other. But yeah, it was, uh, we all, there weren't any extra hands in it. So all of that was us, you know? Yeah. Like all, all the sounds, all the visuals, all the everything, it's all, it's all us. So. Yeah, really the less you have to outsource. Yeah. The more that it's just going to be exactly what you want, right? You know, which is ideal. Just, do you have to have the, uh, the talent to do it is, is clutch, you know? Because a lot of people probably wish they could do all of those things themselves, but it's hard. Yeah. So kudos to you for pulling it off. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. Lucky to like uh, have experience uh, in doing some of like photo video stuff. Sure. So like it, it you know, uh, it comes in handy, I guess. Uh, yeah, definitely. But yeah. So so moving forward now, it's just uh, so writing some new stuff and hitting the road, play some out of town shows. Sounds like. Yeah kick ass yeah we're looking forward to it yeah uh trying to we're getting stuff lined up for like end of summer like august i think there's some shows uh out of town shows lining up uh this summer we're trying to put something together in town um i don't want to i don't want to 
want to say too much about it because I don't know how or like it's probably going to happen and it's probably going to be real great. Uh, but I don't want to say anything about it because I don't know yeah all the details yet. But and, and this episode might not even be out till you know fall. Oh, so if it happened, it happened <laughs> and you were there and it was fucking sick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So maybe don't say it just in case. I don't know where you could say it and yeah. we'll see what happens if it if it did. Well, hopefully <laughs> there's like a big old Cleveland banger that happens. Um, That'd be sick. Yeah. So we're looking forward to it. But yeah, yeah, like, you know, we don't want to, you know, we'll we'll be playing here yeah. and there and everywhere. So yeah, some in, de- in town shows, some out of town shows all over the place. Oh, yeah. Hopefully. And then Do you hopefully. still play uh, Fender Squire? No, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, but I um, I built the, the guitar that's been the main guitar forever for the whole time Slug has been a thing. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's a 72 Tele Custom. But I built all the, you know, I didn't like, like, you know, carve the neck or anything. But like, yeah, it's all like built and put together and stuff like that. So I think, uh, yeah, playing weird guitars is kind of like, uh, yeah, not like a fully set up Fender Squire, American Fender Squire with no mods or anything. Like it's gonna, yeah. you know, it has to be weird and kind of, you know, my own or else it doesn't feel right. Oh, it makes sense. That's <laughs> cool. Well, awesome, dude. Thanks for coming down and doing this. It's really nice to... I, you know, I learned a lot. This is stuff that we haven't really sat down and talked about. So it's one of my favorite parts of the podcast I get to learn about sure. <laughs> people that I fi- that I think are cool. So, yeah, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. For sure. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, that was Mike Stannis from Slugfest. Um, go check out some tunes. Check out those videos. And um, we'll see you on the next episode. And uh, until then, be kind, be real, and don't let your meatloaf, don't let your snail trail. See ya.